Welcome to Reinvent Healthcare, a podcast for health and wellness practitioners passionately committed to transforming our current broken disease-focused system. Your host, Dr. Rita Marie Loscalzo, is devoted to helping you get results with complex health challenges like autoimmune, hormonal imbalances, and chronic health challenges caused by nutritional and lifestyle-induced imbalances. Here's your host, Dr. Rita Marie. Welcome back to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast for health and wellness practitioners who are passionate about making a difference. On today's episode, we're going to continue talking about thyroid and we're going to address the food, the nutrients, and some of the herbs that can help support healthy thyroid function. So what I'd like to do is start with the nutrients. And here's the deal. I am not a big fan of like giving your client and patient a long laundry list full of nutrients, isolated nutrients. I'm going to talk a little bit about where you can find this. So we start with fixing their diet, unless it's obvious that they have a serious deficiency of a particular nutrient. So iodine, right? That's the one we most commonly hear about being important for the thyroid. And of course, because T4 has four iodines and T3 has three iodines, it's super important because without it, how are you going to make thyroid hormone? It's a vital part of that molecule itself. So where do we get iodine? Well, you know, the land and vegetables are kind of depleted because the soil's depleted, but sea vegetables are a great way to get it in the diet. We just have to watch out that we don't overdo it because some of the ones we'll talk about in a little bit are, you know, they're easy to overdo if we're not careful. So we want to look at that so we don't overdo it because iodine is one of those Goldilocks nutrients, right? A little bit, a lot. No, we want just right. So that's with the iodine. And it's, of course, in sea vegetables to an extent as well. So another one that's super important is riboflavin. And it doesn't really get as much press as it should when it comes to thyroid function. But it's super, super important. It's important for helping to take the iodine and the tyrosine and turn it into thyroid molecules. So it's really important. And riboflavin comes in, it's in a lot of vegetables. It's also in whole grains, not refined and processed grains, but whole grains. Another one that's super important is selenium. And selenium helps to convert T4 into T3. It's super important in that regard. Well, where do we get the selenium? Ah, selenium is found in Brazil nuts and pretty high in Brazil nuts. It's also found in some other things like tomatoes and other veggies, but Brazil nuts, you can get a full day's supply of selenium in one Brazil nut. And when people have out of balance thyroids, I recommend two or three or four, depending on how serious their problem is. Now, here's the thing about selenium. It has been shown in studies to help with the Hashimoto's to reduce antibodies. So over the course of a four to eight week period, we can reduce thyroid antibodies with the use of selenium and also CoQ10. Vitamin A is another super important nutrient for thyroid function. It helps to regulate TSH production and it helps to keep the receptors balanced. Remember, we talked about in another episode that those receptors for the thyroid that are on the nucleus, they are retinoic acid dependent. So we need to have good vitamin A status in order to get that. Now, vitamin A 
Uh, you can find a lot of the precursor to vitamin A, beta carotene, in almost all plant foods, right? But important ones like, you know, carrots and bell peppers and lots of lots of lots and lots of stuff contain beta carotene. Uh, carrots are especially known for being good for the eyes and beta carotene is important for the eyes. But the preformed vitamin A is usually just found in animal products like uh, cod, you know, cod liver oil, things like that. Here's the thing though. Most people, if they're eating a lot of plants in their diet, are getting plenty of beta carotene. So we don't have to worry about actually getting preformed vitamin A. But there are some people who may have a genetic SNP called BCM01. And BCM01 is important for converting from beta carotene into the preformed vitamin A. So if somebody has that SNP, you want to watch and see and make sure that they're not showing signs because it's important for the uh, thyroid as well as for the eyes. So vitamin D is super, super important to protect against thyroid cancer and inflammation of the thyroid. So super important to have that as well as bioflavonoids. And bioflavonoids often come attached to things like citrus fruits. They're in that white part called the pith of the citrus fruits. Lemons, limes, tangerines, oranges, grapefruits, all of them. Another important nutrient for thyroid function is zinc. And it's important for stimulating the hypothalamus and the pituitary. And remember, the hypothalamus and the pituitary are reading the blood to see how much thyroid hormone is being produced. And so if they're not reading it properly, then we're not going to get the signal to go to the thyroid that says, hey, wake up, we need more thyroid hormone. So that's important. The next nutrient I want to discuss is iron, right? Iron is super important for thyroid peroxidase to initiate the first two steps in thyroid synthesis. So we need the thyroid peroxidase to help us to synthesize thyroid hormone from iodine and tyrosine. And finally, we'll look at B12. And B12 is very important for an enzyme that activates the thyroid hormone. In addition, it's important for keeping the, the homocysteine levels low. And we know that homocysteine elevations can uh, affect the thyroid receptors. So those are some of the nutrients. There may be others that are important. Magnesium plays in there a little bit, but these are really important. And when you help somebody to go and eat a whole foods diet rich in plants, what you're going to see is that these nutrients come into balance. And if they don't, you need to supplement, especially if they have some of the genetic markers that make it so that they don't produce as much or they don't convert as much or the receptors are out of balance. So let's talk about some of the herbs that are important for thyroid function. One of my favorites is ashwagandha. And ashwagandha actually helps to stimulate the synthesis of T3 and T4. One of the contraindications for the ashwagandha is if somebody has hyperthyroid or you suspect that they have hyperthyroid because it's so good at stimulating the production of these hormones. It's also really good in antioxidants, especially SOD, superoxide dismutase. And when we have antioxidants, we reduce the inflammation. So if somebody has thyroid nodules or they have autoimmune, we have a reduction in the inflammation as well as it helps with the thyroid receptors and transporters on the cell. 
The other thing about ashwagandha is it helps normalize cortisol levels. And we've talked in the, on other episodes about how important it is to keep cortisol levels in that Goldilocks space of just right, because too much cortisol and too little cortisol can interfere with receptors and it can also interfere with the conversion from T4 to T3. Let's talk about another one of my favorites is black cumin seed. And I really love black cumin seed because it has a really nice flavor. It's kind of like Indian food, which I love. And it tastes similar but stronger than regular cumin seed. There have been some studies that showed that in eight weeks, we got the following amazing results with just adding a teaspoon or two of black cumin to the daily diet. So the TSH dropped by an average of 2.29 points. That's huge. Right? If somebody has a slightly abnormal TSH and their TSH is like, say, it's 4.556, and they drop it by 2.29, that's a big decrease. Also, T3 increased by 0.414 points. And T3, the range is much, much lower. So the ideal range for T3 is somewhere between 3 and 4 three and 3.5. So to go up by 0.14 is significant. Also, the T4 was increased by 0.82. And again, those are lower numbers. Anti-TPO antibodies decreased by over 146 points. So for someone who's dealing with, with autoimmune thyroid, a Hashimoto's type situation, black cumin can be miraculous. Also, the average person who was in this eight-week study lost 2.9 pounds and a half an inch around their waist without actually changing their diet. So that's pretty significant other than just adding the black cumin. If you don't like the taste of it, you can always get it as capsules or you can put them into capsules. So let's talk about a couple of more. I like medicinal mushrooms. Medicinal mushrooms are really, really nice. And I love to include them in elixirs and make hot cocoa with them and things like that. Well, chaga, I actually have this mushroom mama makes this really nice blend called uh, chocolate chaga. And it's basically chaga with a couple of other mushrooms plus cacao powder. Yum. It's really good and it's super, super nutritious for you. And great for thyroid. It, it's been shown to reduce the thyroid antibodies, has antioxidants that actually help reduce inflammation and oxidative stress. It supports gut health. And we know that gut health is super important for thyroid function, balances the immune system, and it has some anti-inflammatory effects. So overall, chaga is good. There's a lot of research on chaga for immune system support and for things like cancer support, right? It can't cure cancer. I'm not saying that, but it can be helpful for people who are dealing with immune problems. Cordyceps. Cordyceps happens to be one of my favorites. I love cordyceps. I like the taste of it, but there's something about what it does for me and how I feel when I'm doing cordyceps. It's very balancing and grounding and energizing and produces more stamina. So there's a chemical in there, cordycepin, which is the main bioactive chemical in there. And it's known to balance adenosine levels, right? So interestingly enough, that it can help with keeping the body, you know, the, the energy levels really good. Because adenosine, right? Adenosine triphosphate is ATP, adenosine diphosphate, ADB. These are important for energy production. It can balance the cortisol levels, right? So it keeps them in the Goldilocks situation. So we have 
good conversion from T4 to T3. We also have good receptor function. It contains vitamin D precursors, notably ergosterol and ergosterol palmitate. And this is where we talked about how vitamin D is super important for thyroid health. Helps stabilize this blood sugar. And blood sugar metabolism is super important for thyroid. Helps to keep the insulin levels in that just right position too and keep the blood sugar balanced. And it's been shown to help reduce thyroid antibodies. So if you're working with people who have Hashimoto's, and a lot of people do, these are good things to keep in mind as part of their regime. And I'm going to share with you at the end of this presentation how to make up my, one of my cool elixirs that has a lot of these nutrients in it. Another herb that has been really popularized lately is turmeric. Like turmeric is good for everything. Well, it's not good for everything, but it has a lot of great merits. And it's great for thyroid health because it's anti-inflammatory and it's antioxidant. And it works really well on people with, again, thyroid autoimmune. So you can create either a dish or a drink that you can help people to make on a regular basis to support their thyroid when they have autoimmune. It helps with inflammatory bowel diseases like Crohn's and colitis so that, you know, if it does that, it's going to help support gut health, right? And we know that gut health is so important for thyroid health. Improves phase two liver detoxification. And we know that toxins are not good for the thyroid and can help support this. It also contains some of the B vitamins, notably B6. Let's talk sea vegetables. There's a couple of them that you can use to help support people when they have autoimmune thyroid and regular thyroid. Now you got to be careful if somebody has autoimmune thyroid and if you're going to be supplementing them with a lot of sea vegetables, I'd be sure to make sure you do an iodine load test just to make sure that you're not overpopulating them with iodine. But here's the cool part. A laminaria digitata, which is a kind of kelp, it contains preformed T3 and T4 so the iodine and the tyrosine that are in that vegetable naturally preform, And you can actually get some T3 and T4, which is why you want to be careful, right? You don't want to give this too much of this to somebody with, with hyperthyroidism. It's a good source of iodine. It's a good source of thi tyrosine. And so when we can get those together, somebody with a hypothyroid condition can do well with this. But again, watch out for the iodine that you don't overdo the iodine. Very high in minerals, which all the sea vegetables are. And it overall supports good thyroid function. But again, Goldilocks, right? Not too little, not too much. It's found that, you know, somewhere between an ounce or two a week, not a day, but a week can be very helpful. I keep it in a little, uh, like a salt container, and I just pop it into different dishes that I'm making. The other one is bladderwrack. Bladderwrack doesn't quite have the yummy taste that kelp does. Kelp, I wouldn't say it's a yummy taste, but it has a salty taste. Bladderwrack's a little more bitter. So you want to play with it first before you start recommending it to people. And it contains a precursor of the active thyroid hormone, T2. So if T3 has three iodines and T4 has four iodines, guess how many iodines T2 has? Good old two. And T2 plus T2 can make um, it's also a good source of iodine, calcium, magnesium, potassium, sodium, and mucopolysaccharides that helps to support a healthy gut and also healthy detoxification. So bladderwrack, I don't use it personally as much just because of the taste, but if you're making a big soup or stew, you can usually throw pieces of bladderwrack in there and teach people how to do that. 
Another one, which I actually like to eat, I maybe I'm crazy, but it's called Romania. There's two forms of it. There's processed Romania and unprocessed Romania. The processed Romania is the one that has these benefits. And I get them in little, they come in little discs and I get them from several different places, little discs, Romania, processed Romania. And it basically has been, I think it's brewed in like a, a black bean. It's not black beans themselves, but a black bean kind of salty, liquidy consistency. But it basically is really good support for supporting the adrenals and lowering blood sugar, plus it's anti-inflammatory. So I sometimes get those and I'll just chew on them or I'll put them into a cup and add hot water and then drink the liquid. And then sometimes because they're nice and soft and chewy, I'll eat them. They kind of remind me of eating licorice. So maybe I'm strange, but I kind of like it. Ginseng, there's a couple of different kinds of ginseng, but overall they help to you know balance the adrenal function. Uh, prevent excess levels of cortisol and adrenaline and all the negative impact that has on the body overall, but also on the thyroid gland. And helps to stabilize thyroid function. It's considered a true adaptogen. It lowers the overall reactivity of the HPA axis, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, which has an effect on overall thyroid function. And guess what? It can help with insomnia, and insomnia is, is an important thing to help with because sleep is so important for overall thyroid function and the cellular response. Another one that I have found to be super helpful is magnolia. I've had really good results with people who have insomnia because their cortisol levels are too high at night and then they start sleeping like babies at night. Uh, you can get it as a tincture. You can get it as a powder. I find that the powder is not that palatable for lots of people. And the the tincture is much more palatable. I've given it to a few people who said, eh, I don't think I'm going to take that. So, you know, just be careful. If somebody is super, like, you know, vigilant about their taste buds and like, no, I don't like that, it's probably better to give them a tincture. Um, it improves acetylcholine levels, which is effective for short-term memory. So people are like in that brain foggy state, then it can help that. And that's, you know, one of the symptoms of thyroid problems is brain fog. Whether it's related to the acetylcholine or not, it's just a benefit for magnolia in helping to support the thyroid. And it also decreases anxiety about five times more powerfully than Valium. So without all the side effects of a pharmaceutical that's so strong that you can't drive if you're taking it. I don't recommend taking Magnolia during the day. It's more of a, a nighttime thing. And usually I have people take it right before bed. And then if they wake up in the middle of the night to take it again, lowers the blood sugar. That's a super important thing. And I've had people have great results with insulin resistance when taking magnolia. And we know that high blood sugar and high insulin can affect thyroid receptors. The other thing about magnolia, there are two chemical constituents in there. See if I can say these properly, honokiol and magnoliol. And those are up to 1,000 times more powerful than vitamin E as an antioxidant. And we know how important antioxidants are for thyroid health. So those are just some of the major ones, my favorite of the herbs. There are probably lots of others that support, and these are more for hypothyroid. We have another section that we're going to talk about hyperthyroid, and we can talk about some of the others there. So let's talk about foods. What should people be eating? Well, gluten-free. 
We really want to go gluten-free, especially if the hypothyroid is caused by Hashimoto's autoimmune. We found that studies show that when we look at gluten antibodies and we look at thyroid antibodies and we take somebody off of gluten and retest six months later, the gluten antibodies are down, so are the thyroid. And I always tell people who have any kind of autoimmune that if you're not willing to go off gluten, I probably am not going to get very good results with helping you. It is so important for autoimmune, for, for cellular inflammation. What else do we eat? General green leafy vegetables. They're loaded with nutrition. They're loaded with antioxidants. They're loaded with minerals. Do I say chlorophyll? Super important and they're energizing and they do support the thyroid really well. We talked already about sea vegetables. We talked about kelp and bladderwrack. There's others, uh, dulse, nori, and there's a lot more. I just like to utilize sea vegetables in making soups or stews or you know, just adding them to smoothies and things like that. Again, not too much. Garlic and onions, the sulfur content in them can really help support detoxification pathways. So this can be very important for thyroid health. Fruits are loaded with antioxidants. We want to really gear towards low glycemic type fruits when somebody's dealing with thyroid problems, just because when we have blood sugar imbalances and surges, et cetera, it's not so good for the thyroid. Coconut. Coconut tends to be really helpful for the thyroid. I don't know if it's the MCT oil uh, that's in there, but also it has a couple of other acids, myrosinic acid, which actually helps the short chain omega-3s that we find in flax seeds, chia seeds, hemp seeds, walnuts, into the longer chain, the EPA and the DHA. So coconut can be really helpful for thyroid function because omega-3 rich foods are so important. Like I said, hemp, chia, flax, algae, blue-green algae, and other kinds of algae, and also other uh, deep ocean fish for people who are not doing plant-based. Probiotics. We talked about this in another episode, how important it is to get good health in the gut and good microbiome structure. So probiotic and probiotic-containing foods are super important, and prebiotics as well. So things like kefir and rejuvelac and sauerkraut and coconut yogurt and seed yogurt and cashew yogurt... And then prebiotics, things like Jerusalem artichoke and chicory, these all help improve T3 production. So some people say, well, I can't do probiotic-rich foods because I have SIBO or because I get bloated. First of all, SIBO should be a temporary condition. So if you're still having problems with it, you're not addressing it fully. And second of all, if you go back to a previous episode, one that we did with Steph Jackson, she explained how we can make these probiotic foods in a way that's not going to necessarily trigger the bloating. So I, I would recommend you go back to that episode. We want to eliminate all those dietary stressors, right? Caffeine's not good, alcohol, sugar, refined foods, but the cell danger response. We want to optimize the foods that are going in. Other things that are super important are brassicas. Those brassicas are super helpful for thyroid function as well as liver function, detoxification function. We mentioned Brazil nuts in relationship to selenium, super important. We mentioned black cumin, but cumin is also important. So Indian spices, I love adding curries and cumin to things. Uh, pomegranate is one that's really helpful. And, you know, you get the pomegranate, you take off that outside thing and you chew on the little pulpy stuff around the seeds. You can also get pomegranate powder 
And I've done that and made some incredible desserts with pomegranate powder and coconut, super thyroid food. And then mushrooms. Mushrooms are super, super important. You know, not just the medicinal mushrooms like chaga and cordyceps and reishi and all, but other mushrooms can be super helpful for basic hormone balance. So I love including these foods. I love teaching people how to incorporate these foods. We do have in our Thyroid Revive and Thrive program, we have an amazing array of recipes in a guide. It's like a 150-page recipe guide that has all kinds of recipes to support thyroid function. Those of you who are in our NAPT program, you have access to that on the, the, the Empowered Self-Care site. So I recommend that you look at that. If you're not in our NAPT program, consider joining us. Go to inemethod.com and you'll be able to, to get more information and see if it's a fit for you. But also you can, you know, if you're if you're not into that and you're not a practitioner and you're listening in our Empowered Self-Care Lab, and we'll put the links to these in the show notes. So I wanted to give you an idea of, I love making elixirs like hormone balancing elixirs. And this was a one that I put together that's really a thyroid and adrenal balancing elixir. So I'm just going to give you an idea of what the ingredients are. And then in the guide, the reinventhealthcare.com forward slash thyroid, I'll actually put the whole, the regular recipe, the whole recipe with how much of each thing. But I like to put in Brazil nuts and walnuts, Brazil nuts for the selenium, walnuts for the omega-3s, hemp seeds for omega-3s and protein and a lot of other nutrients, coconut butter. I really like the coconut butter that comes in a jar, kind of like peanut butter. And that's super important for that conversion from the short chain fats to the long chain fats. Um, what else do I put in there? I put in kelp powder and bladderwrack powder, coleus powder, which is a nutrient. You might not be able to find it, but if you can, it can be helpful. Shilajit, which is a important mineral. You don't have to. That's an optional one. But I like to put in the cordyceps and ashwagandha to help support that thyroid function. And then we put flavorings. And you know, we can put cacao, cacao powder. We can put carob powder for flavor. We can put vanilla, vanilla extract or powder or almond extract. And um, then sweetener, if you're feeling like at that point, you probably want something sweet, then we can put some stevia leaf. I like to grow stevia in my yard and I put all this stuff in the blender and blend it together. But also you can get green uh, powdered stevia. Be careful of the ones that are processed. I use sometimes, I, I definitely use the little uh, liquid ones, but the only brand I've seen that doesn't have extra additives is sweet leaf. So anyway, you've got that. And you can flavor it however you want. If you have extracts, if you have blueberry extracts, there's some really cool little powdered powdered versions of things that are super high in antioxidants. So I'm going to, I bought a whole bunch of those that I'm going to experiment with and I'll post some recipes on the blog. So all of this stuff is important for you to be able to teach people how to get their thyroid in balance using foods and herbs and nutrients from foods. And of course, if you need to add supplements, absolutely should. I'm not saying nobody should add supplements, but we shouldn't be going to supplements first. We should be going to supplements as a supplement, right? Get people to change their diet. And sometimes that's a long process. I totally understand. And sometimes they're not willing to change their diet right away, or they have to go slow. In that case, then supplementing is going to be super, super important important, right? All of these things are going to help them to be able to avoid usually not having to take the thyroid replacement because most of the times when doctors are recommending it, it's 
T4 alone, not T3, not a glandular, not a you know desiccated thyroid like armor or one of those. It's usually just the T4. And if they have any of these other issues and they have receptor issues and they have conversion issues or they have autoimmune issues, the, the T4 alone is not going to help. And those are the people that we're seeing that have been dealing with this for a really long time. So I would love for you to download our free guide, the uh, thyroid guide at reinventhealthcare.com forward slash thyroid. We'll have lab tests in there. We'll have the optimal ranges for the lab tests. We have nutrients important, the things we talked about today. We'll have that elixir recipe and we'll also have a medications list like the medications that can introduce fear. Not to say you should tell people to go off their medications, but what I'm saying is that you can warn them that go to their doctor and see if there's an alternative medication for their condition that may not be a thyroid inhibitor. It's really important to understand these things. And then there's toxins and stuff like that. So I'm going to give you a, a nice little compendium that you can use, print out, keep by your desk, and use when you're working with people who are suffering from thyroid conditions. Remember that you have the power to educate and empower and inspire people to make changes to their diet and lifestyle so that they can avoid some of the ravages of thyroid problems. You have the power to use, help them use their lifestyle, their diet, stress management, and herbs, nature's gifts to us to help and support them with thyroid function and overall. And if you want to go deeper with any of this stuff and you want to you know, join us as part of the, the movement to change healthcare, to reinvent healthcare, just go to ianemethod.com and subscribe to the podcast. If you like it, leave a review. We'd love that. And until next time, shine on. Thanks for listening to Reinvent Healthcare. We are part of the movement to change healthcare for the better. If you liked this episode, leave a rating and a review. And for more resources to support you in growing a thriving and fulfilling practice, visit our website at inemethod.com.